I saw I saw my brother this weekend, and we were talking to a family friend. Mm-hmm. I felt like such a dick because my brother and I are the worst when we're together. And um, <laughs> we were talking. Oh, there was a girl I went to high school with that that morning when I was waiting for him to come pick me up. I saw her post a photo. She took her baby, like less than a year old baby, to get its ears pierced, like right now. The caption was just like. Since we couldn't go to Disney this year, because of course they're one of those Disney families. Mm-hmm. We couldn't go to Disney this year. You know, I figured my little princess deserved some bling. What? I was like, oh, no. no, she's a baby. Oh, but like, I was, no. I was ranting on this for a while, and my brother and I just start joking about like bad baby treatment. We were like, you know, maybe like Michael Jackson was ahead of his time when he like dangled blanket over like safely, safe distance over a balcony. Also had a mask <laughs> on. It's yeah, like the, he knew- the blanket thing. I think blank. I think that incident was blown up in the press. Blanket was safe the entire time. It totally was. Michael Jackson had a mask on. He was That's protected. Right. about for a while to the point that the family friend walked away (laughs) (laughs) like i think this is a genius idea ahead of his time michael jackson on one thing on one thing Mm -hmm. Uh, gonna condone everything when walking was cool wearing a mask when you didn't need to all the time very cool so uh how are you guys are you are you are you nauseous is this content nausea i am always nauseous from all All the content (laughs) <laughs> um, have you considered just getting that checked out? Need content pipto? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> okay, well you shouldn't. Yes, I, yeah. I, I, I am nauseous from the content. I've lost my sense of taste and smell. I've had a dry cough. Well, that <laughs> makes sense because your head exploded earlier in the feeling really normal. A couple weeks back, I've got nausea, and the only, the only cure is more content. It's true. Yeah. Don't overload it. Mm-hmm. For the dog, man. <laughs> Over- Content overload. Our next series coming out, twenty twenty one. Sister show. There you go. Where we just give. It's just the overhang of all of these, where we just talk about more shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm Brooke. Who are you? Anybody? I'm once again Connor Battles. I Connor Battles is here. He is back. Uh, to all of you who missed me, you know I missed you too on the show. Uh, and if you had a, if you had a problem with me not being on the show, well, you better get used to it because I'm also not going to be on the show next week. Oh damn! Oh. That was that was a that was a good uh that was a good transition. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm Eric. I feel cheap uh, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got <laughs> Brooke, Connor, Connor, and me, Eric. Uh, <laughs> Next week, Connor will once again be taken from us by a mysterious illness, um, which we're sure. I can already feel it. I'm, it's come, I'm coming down with it again already. You know. Mm-hmm. Got the chills. They're multiplying. Actually, just to let you know, Connor, canonically, your head exploded last week because of Skate Four being announced. Oh right, that's. I mean, it. that was tough. That was. I had to. I had to sit down for a little while there. We all did. Tears of joy. <clears throat> that was pretty. I it was like a scanner stitch, but either way, head explosion. 
Yeah, it was it was like a scanners by way of skate four announcement. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh well, do you want to go first since you've been gone? What, what did you watch in the Great Beyond? Oh man, well the Great Beyond was was pretty good. It was uh, difficult to get you know a cable signal out there, but I did have some time to watch some things and stuff of that nature. And uh, actually, I'll break with tradition first, uh, folks. I I'm reading again. I'm reading a book right now. Oh great! Damn, Which, you know, very good. I'm as surprised as you are. I kind of thought I forgot how to do that, but I found in, the, uh, in a used book purveyor a uh, copy of Thomas Pinchon's Inherent Vice. Yes! Hell yeah. Which, I have seen the movie, I have never read the book, and I am now about a third of the way through it, and pretty damn good. That's good. It, it's oh, like... Yeah. I'd always heard it's one of those books that's a little frustrating to read, but now that we've seen the movie and love the movie, I feel like that helps. I mean, that's kind of the thing about Pinchon, is that he's like... His style is super obtuse and weird and requires you to, like, you know, really pay attention to what you're reading. But, you know, I have more free time right now than I ever had in my life, so this is the perfect opportunity to get into him. Uh, this book is incredibly funny. Uh, arguably even more so than the movie, which is already incredibly funny. And... There's a good amount of stuff in here that was not represented in the film at all, which is always an, a fun delight to, you know, see things expanded on and new characters and scenes and stuff introduced that you had no idea about before. Oh, that's wonderful. It's fun. You have to um, imagine, have to imagine there has to be a lot more plot in there because there's already so much in that movie that you're like, I bet there's more going on with, like, these, like, five other characters. That's the thing. If I, I feel like if I hadn't seen the movie first, I would be even more lost than I already am a third mm -hmm. of the way through. You know, some of this stuff, it, it is also fun to know how much of the dialogue and narration and stuff in the movie is directly ripped from the book. Is that a good bet? Good amount. Like, uh, like all, the, all the Joanna Newsom narration stuff is just the book. You know, a lot of the dialogue scenes are straight one-to-one. -one. Right, very good to know. And right, I've yeah, been planning on rewatching it soon because it's a very good summer movie. And, like, I'd wanted to read the book. I, I wanted to read it beforehand, but I always heard it's a bit of a headache. But like, I'm, yeah, let me let me know how the continued process of reading this goes. Yeah, I, I, will, I, will, I will tune in with, with weekly pinch-on updates until I'm through this thing. But, yeah. uh... Hell yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm really digging it. I threw the movie on on Sunday afternoon when I was just doing chores around the house, so I'm one, nice. I'm, I'm familiar with that again. Great fucking movie. Unfairly mm -hmm. maligned by people that are you know have baby brains. I don't see how you could like that one. I think it's one of the more accessible PTA movies. See, well, it's it it, it suffers from the thing that like any intentionally vague noir movie has where people think it's confusing on like by accident or something instead of intentional mm -hmm. oh, the ones that don't like literally explain every single plot point the very yes, end. Exactly. and the fact that it doesn't do that means you know youtube film critics are like this is fucking boring and stupid mm -hmm. oh. that's why uh the 
what's the YouTube channel that just lists all the plot holes of every movie that uh, Cinema Sins, of course. That's right. Yeah, they they're just the like the biggest piece of shit. Yeah, just everything in it that they don't immediately understand. They're like, oh, that's a plot hole. Uh, that's bad filmmaking. Yeah. There are times when things are bad. Like, I loved in that, like, stupid... I think it was Kate and Leopold were, like, Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman's, like, a fancy, like, old-timey English dandy that comes to the future, and they fall in love. Mm-hmm. But it's referenced, though, and they didn't realize this until the film was released and somebody pointed out, and then they had to go do re-edits, was that technically they're cousins. Oh, Really? way they wow. set it up technically they're cousins and they're like oh how did we not fucking pick that up <laughs> so then they had to go back and like remove that one throwaway line that made them cousins oh my god that's really funny uh it for so many people <laughs> <laughs> yeah so many people like like edited and like watched that movie beforehand and that nobody caught it yeah like I mean, there's definitely times when, like, movies fuck up, but, like, it's not always. Sometimes just shit happens and we just move. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, and Heron Fikes, check it out. Yeah. You know, so, Connor's the no longer illiterate. That's good news, I everyone. Long, I, it turns out I it was in me all along. I can always, nice. I can always read <laughs> It was, it was amazing you got through college like, using only text It's, it's like riding a bike. You never, you never really forget. Oh, okay, okay. But now, back to the normal me. I also watched a lot of movies several weeks, which I'll... I'll there's, there are a few, so I'm gonna, I'll just go efficiently. Uh, starting with the furthest back, I watched The Five Bloods, the new Spike Lee movie. Okay. Which I think I'm the only one in the pod to have actually watched that yet. Never watched it yet. It's pretty good. Turns out, you know, Spike Lee Vietnam movie that's also just the treasure of the Sierra Madre is pretty up my alley. There is a scene in which somebody says, badges, we don't need no stinking badges. (laughs) (laughs) Because Spike Lee is is famous for his subtlety. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's really it it was it was really fucking good. Uh the only the only thing I would knock it for is a, a somewhat typical Spike Lee problem in that it's a little too fucking long. Yeah. Yeah. 156 minutes and it there there are stretches where it feels like 190. Yeah, that's why I haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet. I'm interested, but I'm like that's that's a that's a day. I'm going to have to like have I put it on early enough in the day where it wasn't a huge issue, but like, Spike, man, I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job, but you you could trim some fat here and there. It would be okay. <laughs> I guess you should probably warn folks about the thing that annoyed all the film bros that don't understand weird movie choices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I do a, I do a fun thing whenever I see a, like a new release movie is I'll go to the 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 R movies subreddit. And look at like the official discussion thread for the movie, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of people who like complain that Spike Lee is too political, <laughs> That's or or, really or that they're like, 
man, why is he putting like stock footage and photos in this movie? It's so fucking weird, man. Is this a PowerPoint? God. I've never seen a movie that has done that. That's yeah. so weird. Especially like a Vietnam movie. That's uh, so common. But yeah, you know, don't listen to Reddit. Listen to me. It's pretty good. Just, you know, know yeah. what you're getting into is a two and a half hour or something. I will say there is, well, I think one thing I forgot to mention that, that delighted me and also pissed off Reddit is there are flashbacks to Vietnam and rather than de-age any of the like 60 to 70 year old men, they just have them playing themselves in Vietnam. Oh, that's cool. Which is, you know, a stylistic choice that's very funny and very cool. And of course, everybody on Reddit was like, it's so fucking confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we tell when they're in Vietnam? They literally, the, the, the non flashbacks are shot in 16 millimeter, too. Like, it, it is very clearly a flashback. <laughs> it's so much easier to use the same people. I hate when they use radically different looking young people to play, old, like, old people. Past, well, I will like, say, I, don't to. <laughs> I will say this. Apparently, Spike did want to do some de aging, and Netflix said no because it was co- it would cost too much money. Because they so they Netflix, blew that entire get, Netflix on the getting Irish shit thing. together. Exactly. exactly. Which you know he was pissed about. He's like, oh, so Scorsese got the money? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's <laughs> he's correct though. Like Spike Lee should have the same fucking budgetary freedom that Scorsese has for Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. They're both going to produce something better than all of the other original Netflix material in a year. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every original Uh, Netflix movie is just... It's dog shit. Yeah, it's dog shit. It's it's the new... Oh, okay, I do need to see Extraction with uh, Chris Hemsworth, but that's just because I heard he fights kids. Nice. He fights a kid? Kids, plural. Like, he takes on a gang of children. Oh, hell yeah. In fisticuffs. Yeah. You know, I, I do still need to see the Kevin James spy movie on Netflix. I, I gotta give that its fair shake. Oh, man. Yeah, let's not be too dismissive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is, it's art we're talking about. But yeah, Five <laughs> Bloods, pretty pretty okay. Uh, what, it, what it did give me the inspiration to do was to just watch Do the Right Thing right after, which, let me tell you, way better. Yes. Do the Right Thing is extraordinary. It's such a good it fucking is, movie. I was... It, it fucking bangs. I mean, there's every... It's what It's been talked about to death at this point that I don't even know what new insights I could possibly give. But for a movie that is, I believe, 31 years old as of today, the day we're recording, it's just... on. It, it legitimately feels like it could have come out yesterday. Wow. Which is... Kind of a bummer, but also speaks to how well that movie's made. Yes. You'd hope we'd be better, but we're not. We yeah. are not. And thankfully we have Spike Lee there to call us on our shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the first movies that made me... Because I watched it when I was really young. It was one of the first movies that made me, like, uncomfortable. Really? I was like... It was really only the end. Like, the rest, like, the whole thing, like, I thought it was, like, really enjoyable. I was engaged. And then I get to the end, and I had that stupid conflict that I'm pretty sure, like, 85% of white audiences had when that movie came out. Yeah. I was just like, oh, fuck. That's really good filmmaking. And then I, like, sat on it for a few days, and I was like, yeah, I am so fucking wrong. 
Well, now was it was it difficult for you to accept the the anti-Italian uh, messaging of the film? <laughs> <laughs> it's not deeply anti-Italian, just a little. Now, as someone who is deeply anti-Italian, I uh, I did oh, want no. more. Yeah, that, that actually made me add a star personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I could have used more. <laughs> <laughs> Why not oh, two garbage cans? <laughs> oh, nice. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a banger. Five garbage cans out of five. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I didn't know that was Rosie Perez's first movie. Yeah, and she wasn't even like an actress before that. Spike Lee just saw yeah. her. She's fucking dancing, incredible. I believe. Yeah, because I mean, she does the whole dance thing in the beginning, which is so much fun. And then like, she's great. Like, I'm so glad she has a career. Yeah. And well, I think it's because it, it's abundantly clear that she's not really acting much. <laughs> I mean, a lot of her roles, it's just like, you do your... Exactly. Talk like yourself and be a lot. <laughs> but yeah, that's my Spike Lee double feature from last week. Moving on here, we have... Uh, I watched Punk Vacation. Ooh. Which was a... Uh, shitty, you know, biker exploitation movie by Stanley Lewis, which contains neither punks nor vacation, really, because the, the the gang of, like, biker punks are more, like, new wave. They have, like, big hair and crazy makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flying Seagull's vacation. Rox- Roxanne Rogers is the lead, is the lead leader of the punks. She plays a character named Ramrod who just looks like Debbie Harry. Like, it's not very punk so much as it is that you know, new wave sort of thing. yeah but you know what it's pretty fun it was a lot of fun watching because the first half of the movie is like these you know these asshole bikers come in and start killing you know innocent shop owners and stuff like that and the local the local sheriff or whatever forms a posse to take them down but then it like shifts perspectives halfway through to the punks and it becomes like a weird coming of age slash home alone movie where they have to set up like a trap for the for the sheriff guys and by the end, like, I am fully on Team Punk. Yeah. Yeah. It was you a fun midway twist. So, these these talking heads listening uh, bikers start yes. as the villains and then become Macaulay Culkin? Kinda, yeah. I mean, they're never explicitly like, okay, we're the good guys now. But, like, the, the second half of the movie is all them being like, we gotta, we gotta save our friend from jail and, like, set up a trap for the cops. So just, like, okay. more likable than yeah, the other people? They, they become fully <laughs> likable, especially because the posse that comes to round them up are just, like, flannel shirt good old boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But, yeah, it's worth checking out. It's on It's on Prime. It's also on oh, disc okay. by Vinegar Syndrome, of course. Of course it's on Prime. <laughs> Uh, it's sitting on my coffee table right now. Oh wow! Uh, but then I watched, then I watched another uh, Vinegar Syndrome film, which actually was way less fun. It was okay. But, uh, I watched Body Melt. Oh, it's not good. I love the beginning, it's, which is the beginning like is wild. Now. And we've it's watched a, the it's like a, Yeah, I can I, I have seen the beginning many times before I finally sat down to check it out. It is a nine, an incredibly nineties Australian, like sci-fi horror comedy 
gore movie where like a, a bunch of people in this like sleepy town are being secretly administered a weird new drug that causes well body melt interesting <clears throat> and it's told through like vignettes basically it'll cut to like okay now here's how the, these folks are reacting to the body melt drug and you're just watching it's just like mini horror shorts about people whose bodies like melt melt yes <laughs> and it's the thing the gore is nuts because it's like a fun goofy new body melt every single time mm-hmm. there's like 30 something different ways for a body to melt which i did not realize until i watched this movie and it's all accompanied by really, really shitty, aggressive techno. <laughs> that is 90s. And yeah, no, that's what I mean. It is very much of its time. It's it's honestly fine, but pretty one note, because, you know, once you go through one of those vignettes, you're like, okay, now we're going to see more people melt. Mm-hmm. You've seen one body melt. You've seen 100 bodies melt. Oh, yes, I've... exactly. <laughs> there, was an exploding pe- there was an exploding penis, which was pretty fun. Okay. Yeah, this guy this guy's like in bed in his hotel and he starts getting you know body melt. What you would what you would medically call a yeah, a a body (laughs) melt of some sort. But then it becomes too big and it explodes. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's you know that that... kinds, but vignettes is a weird choice for that movie. Well, it's based on uh, it's based on a short story collection, which I didn't know going in, but it makes more sense to see that. A short story collection of body melt. Basically, I like yeah. it. It was all right. You know, I wouldn't go out of your way to, to check it out. What I would go out of your way to check out is Death by Temptation. That was amazing. Just, the parts we watched. Yeah, well, just wait till you see the rest of it. Directed by James Bond the Third. And starring, and starring James Bond the Third, it is a kind of black exploitation, but also kind of just straight horror uh, succubus movie. Okay. That is that was released by Troma, which is this is instantly better than any Troma movie should be because it's a shot by Spike Lee's DP Ernest Dickerson. It's got Bill Nunn in it, Samuel Jackson. And yeah, you know, you're just watching a a a beautiful lady seduce and murder man in New York. And then James Bond the third shows up as this like innocent guy who's in like preschool. Mm-hmm. But they play up how they play up how innocent he is because he's like he's basically like a baby. He goes to New York and he's just like, oh my God, everything is so nice here. And, but then the succubus sees him and he has to, you know, defeat her with the power of faith. <laughs> of course. So yes. it's, uh, what I'm gathering, it's uh, like a better uh, Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, if I had actually seen that, I would be able to confirm or deny that for you. It's, exists yeah it had yeah. like a few moments yeah well this is probably better than Kimmy Schmidt you know for, from the from sound of I, it I would probably enjoy it more from what I saw it is like I wish Samuel L. Jackson was in it more because his brief bits are really good 
Also just hella early 90s. Yes. Great soundtrack. A lot of good looks. A lot of good looks. Lady's uh, bedroom, too, where it's just what opens into her bed. Like yep, her house. Yep. It's just like, here's the bedroom. We don't need to go anywhere else. And there's just like then there's just like melted candles everywhere. Like if you went over to this house, you'd be like, Oh, you're a succubus, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> the subtlety is just not there. Guy I will say this. <laughs> yeah. I will say this for uh for your for your Twin Peaks heads out there. Bill Nunn plays a guy named Dougie Jones, who is basically oh. Dale Cooper. Oh fuck yeah. Oh, yeah! He runs the he runs the FBI paranormal division, and he's like, "Man, I've been trying to track down this succubus for years." <laughs> so if you yeah, so if you want to see Radio Raheem take on the devil, cannot recommend Death by Temptation enough. That, that's a and, uh, uh, that brings Radio me... Raheem takes on the devil is yes. a pretty good tagline. It really they should have just led with that. <laughs> But that brings me close to the end here. I'm pretty sure Brooke probably talked about the man who knew too little already last week. I didn't do a ton because I, I, I watched a shit ton of stuff after it. So I was like, and before it, so I was like, I'll stop here. <laughs> well, all I can say is, this is one of the best comedies of the 1990s that literally no one has ever seen. It was a delight. Like, if you want to watch Bill Murray, just be incredibly stupid. In incredibly stupid situations for a tight 90 minutes, this is perfect. I mean, it was exactly basically what, because I, I was just talking about how much I love when people are just bizarrely good at something in a movie and mistaken identity. And you were like, hey, we should watch this movie. Yes. Literally was everything I asked for. It was so good. I, yeah, I had not even, I had not seen it since I was a kid, but me and my dad used to watch it all the fucking time. And in a lot of the Sagan Identity movies, you're waiting for the moment when, like, halfway through they find out that, like, oh, this is, this is different or whatever, and, like, the, the second half kind of changes. Mm-hmm. This, that never happens in this movie, and it's perfect. I'm, like, so glad the other shoe never drops. Just let him live yeah. like that forever. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I, I love this movie. It's, it's so dumb that I can't, you know, in good conscience, like, recommend it to people wholesale but like if you know what you're getting into into it's a fantastic time hell yeah i definitely definitely will watch and finally time. i feel like i've gone way too <laughs> far long here but i'm making up for lost time so it's okay last night i watched cutter's way directed by ivan ivan passer which is um a film with jeff bridges and john hurd yes also, Nina Van Palen is in there very briefly, so as your long goodbye, yucks. Uh, it's just a really good, very bleak, like, kind of neo-noir about <clears throat> Jeff Bridges sees a guy dumping a body one night, and he has his friend, John Hurd, who is like a fucked-up, drunk, asshole Vietnam vet with one arm. He looks like Big Boss. If you look at... His 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 costume in this movie. He is literally big boss. I didn't know Kevin McAllister's dad could say so many slurs in a movie (laughs) as a drunk as a drunk nonbed asshole. And then he's like, Jeff Bridges, we gotta we gotta uh, figure out who did this and blackmail him. So it's just a good like small town crime like noir movie. 
<clears throat> pretty pretty depressing. Like it, it it was there were moments of comedy, mostly because the script was pretty tight, but it's bleak, which I didn't expect going in with the movie with Jeff Bridges and John Hurt in it, but it was pretty good. Nice. Alright. You know, if you're trying to fill in the corners of your, you know, L.A. noir-ish type stuff, this is a good one to do it with. Yeah. That was one of those movies that I'd always seen, like, the box for, but had never... I didn't know a damn thing about it. So it was kind of nice to see that you watched it and enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. It was it, uh, it, It's not fantastic or anything. You know, there's a reason that I think it's been kind of forgotten about, but... It's really good. It also has a really good score. I recall that. Jack Nietzsche did it of One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Stand By Me, and Cruising fame. Oh, fucking Cruising. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good time. And I believe that's uh, that's all I got. Nice. Oh, well-rounded. Thing. Well, either one of you want to go next because I also have an obscene amount of things and I don't know if we want to do that back to back. Miles, you want to go? Sure. Um, yesterday, <laughs> I had myself. <laughs> 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 Sorry to be boring you, man. <laughs> Listen, you could only take so much excitement after watching three Hollywood movies back to back. Oh, shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I finally got around to watching uh, Who Killed Captain Alex and followed by Bad Black and rewatched uh, Crazy World. Oh, my God. I need to watch Crazy World so bad. It. I bought it digital. It's good. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. We can make this happen. Yes, please. I would love that. Because the first two um, are delights. They are... I, I didn't pay as much attention to the second one because, I mean, I was obviously playing a board game during it. But Who Killed Captain X really good. I like they're all fantastic. I really can't recommend the like. Let me put it to you this way: having seen Crazy World first and going back to Who Killed Captain Alex over ten years, they they still have a budget of seven dollars. But oh, yeah. they got significantly better at doing their schlock. It's, it's great because you can see them learn on screen. <laughs> they learn not only that, but like trying to figure out the book. It's still authentic. Like they're still like completely emb- embracing the fact that they make schlock films. Mm-hmm. And it's so charming it's so wonderful i completely forgot about the white guy who paid so much on kickstarter he could be in the film or all, all two of them That's like yeah the white guy was just like he saw the first one fell in love and was just like i'm gonna move there and i will help you like because he'd done film shit before mm-hmm. they like him as the fucking vigilante doctor and bad black is just so much fun it's really incredible it also took me like halfway through the film to realize that there are two sisters and not just one. Mm-hmm. Cause that that's when I realized, oh, they learned how to put a double frame in there where you can have the same person in it twice. Oh. 
<laughs> it's great to see like because I, I saw I saw them in order. Um I saw who killed Captain Alex years ago on like a solid movie date. Somebody brought that to me and I was like, Yes, I am totally down to watch this. Um and yeah, it is just so fucking silly and the radio guy narration just really makes it. Honestly, that's probably the best and the most notable thing about their films is it's a director commentary that is not anything really else like it. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. The amount of times I was shouting swaz afterwards. Oh, <laughs> incredible. Now what does swaz will... mean? Schwarzenegger. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Dude, in, uh, Schwarzenegger. Swaz. <laughs> movie, movie, movie. Movie, it's movie, like, movie. Explosion, explosion, explosion. Like, yeah, that's what's happening. I love just, it. Like, the best action. Tiger Mafia. Just like there's. That, it's one of the most quotable series of movies, I think. Just because of the amount of screaming from the director. Oh my God. And it's terrific because it's like for all the shit that they can't explain or show you on screen he'll just tell you yeah exactly it's like we didn't have production value essentially so uh here's what's happening well i did i did some research about that and that's apparently just a thing that they do in uganda for any movie no that's actually when they when they screen it they just have an mc there doing that yeah i was actually gonna bring that up and i love that they kept that for their shit yeah that's kind of the cool thing for sure because that's like you said just a part of the movies in general but i'm i'm going to say i'm more than excited for anything that film production team ever puts out because i have that's three movies that have collectively made me laugh more times than most comedies than made in the states like they're just marvelous yeah, they're absurd and happy movies the action is so ridiculous that like because action movies don't appeal to me so when i first watched it i was like i don't know it's just so over the top no it really is because they don't really have the budget for super great gun effects granted they got way better over 10 years but I love the really they're... cheesy computer effects and you're like this is so silly it's incredible but their hand-to-hand stuff is actually pretty solid. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Like actual good fight choreography. I love that it's just like a labor of love for that whole town. Like everybody's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I'll do it. We'll help. And an entire cool. town that has just become an action movie haven. Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, I've also been listening to a certain podcast a lot lately. Connor, you may have heard of it, podcast about lists. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to I, check I, in on everybody after we wrecked Gun City. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Gun City is incredible. It's, it's a, that's, it is fun. It's, it's really funny. Um, I, my personal favorite bit was, like, right at the beginning when the robot revealed his perfect human name, which was uh, Ray William Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's such a hyper-specific brand of humor to me that 
I feel will sail over a lot of people's heads, but yeah. if you're properly terminally online long enough, it's the perfect show for you. Yeah, if your it, brain's been broken by the internet. Uh... Yes. <laughs> it does feel that way a lot of times, because I'm just like, ah, Israel's number one podcast, as I expected. I love, <clears throat> I love podcasts about lists. It, I also wanted to bring this up on the show. That song's, it's a podcast that's just three Connors in a room. <laughs> oh, nice. That's really what it is, because it's just three guys, or two guys from New Hampshire and some guy from somewhere else. Well, but I mean, I, I literally rode the bus with one of them to school every day. Oh, I, that explains <laughs> a lot. I figured it was something like that. That's how I... That's how I. That's how I found that particular program. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's if you want three times the amount of Connor on your podcast, podcast about lists, it's good, rec. Yeah, yeah, it's a ring hey, endorsement. I, I've got it on my uh, podcast app now. I'll probably listen to some more episodes as I continue to drive. Uh, back and forth from work most days. Very nice. Yeah. Mm. We definitely need to sit down and watch uh, Crazy World now that I have a copy of it. Do all know? I'm super on board. Yeah, yeah, please hook me up with that. Let's let's make that happen. Yeah, we oh, yeah. should. Hundred percent. Uh, anything else, Miles? Can, uh, can't say anything that I've done enough of to qualify as a full viewing. Fair. A lot of little bits of things that I said, nah, never mind. <laughs> All right. Um, that happens. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, 10 minutes through something last night, my internet was giving me shit. And I was like, you know what? Let's read. I'm done. Mm hmm. <laughs> Oh. Hello. The cat has woken up and now she's jumping into my lap. There we go. Yeah. I just had one in my lap, but now he's under the bed. <laughs> I don't have any cats. Well, we can change yeah. that. Yeah. There are so many out there. <laughs> so many. Uh, Brooke, Eric. Uh, Who's next? I don't care. Um, to you, Eric. Uh, mine's pretty short, so I could go next and then end on uh, your longer one, if that sounds good. Uh, um, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch too much this week. Uh, at least I don't feel like I did. I don't know what I was doing with my life. Um, <laughs> one thing. Oh, I did finish Daria. I w watched, uh, Is It College Yet? The uh, final Daria movie. The Daria Saga is at its end. Yeah. Eric's uh, Daria Saga. Yeah, my Daria Saga is at its end. Really good show. Um, like, as it went on, like, it, it, like it, I don't know, it focused on a lot of, like, the anxieties that, like, high schoolers face. And uh, it, like... It's a nice one to turn to now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was good to rewatch it. It had been like 
four or five years since I last saw Daria. Um, so yeah, it was it was good. It was uh, it was nice. It was refreshing. It's a show that mo- for the most part holds up pretty well. Uh, the movie was good. Uh, it was once again like the other one, just kind of like a long episode. But I was happy to have it. Uh, like basically a three episode thing in one. Um, yeah, it was it was good. It was like I thought it was a really good ending to Daria. I was gonna say I don't remember the full ending of Visit College yet, but outside of like the pizza thing, but like I remember it being nice. Yeah, nice yeah, like, yeah. Dar- uh, Daria and Jane like are both going to uh, Boston of all places. Uh, Yay! Yeah, it ends with Daria's going to a uh, college in Boston, and I think Jane is going to art school there. Um, yeah. Uh it was a good one. I uh would definitely recommend watching Daria if you never have. Uh and uh, you want to kill some time watching that. It's a uh, it's a one of one of my uh favorite ways to do it recently. Um I I told my brother that I had a friend that was rewatching Daria and we were chatting about it. Mm-hmm. Um and he goes, "Daria, cheese logs so it's still there (laughs) uh you know daria runs deep yeah god i love i love that the angry teacher he's i love mr d martino so much he's so funny he's just one big eye that throbs when he's angry Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah he is he he, he's one of the funniest characters because he the whole time he's just struggling with being a teacher because he hates all his students but he still wants to be a good teacher. Uh, and I think I think in the last one he's like thank like he he like thanks Daria for like being like the one or one person who's not an absolute moron in his class. Um, you do just assume he hates his job, which he kind of does, but it's also like he still tries. Yeah. Yeah, like he, there there's a couple points in the series where he like gets to teach someone who like isn't a moron and he gets so happy and then he has mm. to go back to like teaching Kevin and Brittany and immediately his spirits are crushed again. Yeah, Cause I was talking about the, the Daria database thing and I just forgot like how much like weird, like little tidbits of information it gives you on everybody and like what drives them and like weird factoids and like oh, completely yeah. forgetting that like Kevin gets held back and like fun things like that. Yeah, yeah, Kevin doesn't graduate at the end of the series, which is very <laughs> funny. It makes um, sense, though. Yeah, it does. It's a, it's a very dumb, very dumb character. Um, I am so curious if the um, spinoff that they're going to come out with is going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, about... um about Jody? Jody, yeah, with Tracy Ellis Ross. That'll be interesting how that goes i just saw news about it the other day that it was like actually ordered for a full series yeah. um, i like trace ellis ross so mm-hmm. you know fingers crossed it yeah. won't be the same kind of thing just because you know the 90s were different but <laughs> yeah yeah that'll be interesting that i'll definitely at least watch that and see how i see how i like it i don't know if any of the original people like who wrote or created Daria are involved in it, but 
honestly not sure yeah. that's part of why like i'm sure it's going to be interesting on its own but i think it's very much going to be its own thing mm-hmm. um let's see other than that i watched uh well i i i rewatched i think you should leave uh because nice. i've been hanging here with the cat so i've been <laughs> just putting that on netflix that show is so fucking funny um just like top to bottom uh like there there are there are every once in a while like sketches that aren't as funny but for the most part like we were talking about this after one of the shows a couple weeks ago like this has like probably the best sketch comedy hit rate of like a show um i think it's really smart though that the episodes aren't super long yeah it's it's all like 15 to 20 minutes for every episode so they like they just get in and get out uh i i love the way they cut some of the sketches uh like um there's there's the one where uh, uh this couple goes to a magic show um mm-hmm. and the husband or the magician like makes fun of the husband and then they get home and his wife <laughs> does a big long speech about how uh the magician was a grown grown man who uh what was it jerked off her husband's little boy dick in front of everybody <laughs> and then nothing came out uh and she's like we will stay together <laughs> until the children are out of the house but i won't respect you and i'll make sure the kids don't either <laughs> cecily strong it, it like plays his wife in that sketch she is so funny and so mean um it's always lovely to see like the snl ladies on there get to be like dirty yeah she's great in it 80s great in it and the whole like weird no caption skit yeah yeah uh vanessa bears and the uh the brunch one yeah Yeah. um yeah and then that one it ends with like a perfect cut where he goes back to the magician show and starts screaming at the magician and then it just cuts the next sketch um uh like one of my favorites still is the one where uh tim robinson and uh like his character's wife are going on their honeymoon and there's an old man played by will uh will forte Mm -hmm. uh with like stringy long crypt keeper hair uh who uh has dug through their trash to get revenge on him for crying on a flight as a baby (laughs) um (laughs) And then there's the classic car focus group, but uh, yeah, there's so much. There, like every episode has like just a bunch of parts that I forget about, and then I uh, I'll watch it again, and like it's so good. Like Fred Willard's in there playing. I can't remember what the instrument is called. Those those like organs with like all the like bike bike horns and like symbols. I love it so much. Yeah, I want that at my funeral mm-hmm yes yeah. <laughs> like just whipping plates around the room <laughs> it's okay i'll play her on yeah yeah this one is called uh what was it he like she hangs on high and it's about like a, a frog who gets his head stuck in an heirloom tomato <laughs> it's it, and it's like it's a, a somber fucking, one so i need so more of this high. show already yeah mm-hmm. I know there's supposed to be a second season coming, but I have no idea when. Uh, but 
Yeah, I think you should leave is it's so good. It's it's so good. Yeah. I really love the um Tim Heidecker sketch. Oh yeah, where he's uh boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, the old boyfriend who loves jazz records, uh mm-hmm. old jazz singers. I the cold comedy hour, you guys should know this. Yeah. Roy Donk. <laughs> Just... <laughs> He was on oh, the Colgate yeah. Comedy Hour. Yeah. Yeah, they're all like, we don't know what the Colgate Comedy Hour is. And then he, like, pulls another name for this, like, I, I don't know what exactly the game is, but they try to, like, essentially, like, uh, get you 20 questions for the I, person? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like a code word kind of thing. Like, you can't say the thing on the paper, but you can give hints and stuff. Um but he just keeps pulling out jazz people's names. And he's like, so this might not help, but he was also on the Colgate Comedy Hour. <laughs> God, he's such a dickhead. And the, the the way this show, like, turns, like, the, the people you think are going to be, like, the, the, like, the low-status character, they're, like, not going to win their arguments. And then, like always at a certain point in the sketch it like turns and you're like oh they're they're the hero of the sketch now i mean the whole like was it the first episode with the uh well yeah man you got too small a slice it's not my fault oh yeah yeah uh when, when they're at um uh steven young's uh birthday party i think yep that's right yeah they give him gifts and <laughs> they're they're He's like, if you if you don't need the receipt, let me eat it. The receipt, if you don't want to return my wonderful gift, if you really mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then he's like, too small a slice makes me yeah. laugh so hard. You used too small a slice of paper towel, and you got mud pie all over the receipt. And now, now my stomach's fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so many parts of that where like, you just remember a different sketch, and you're like, oh right, this like. There's almost nothing in this show that doesn't have a funny moment. I, it, it kind of, by comparison, I've been watching a lot of uh, Netflix sketches on uh, YouTube. Um, and they, every once in a while, they'll have like, uh, like a, a good sketch that's like very funny. Like, uh, have you guys seen the Barbie Instagram one? Um, yes, I think so. Yeah, with like Donald Glover and he's like... Um, like they just have three people trying to caption Barbie Instagram quotes and the Donald. Yeah, because they keep doing that, but for different brands. Yeah, yeah. Now they now they keep hammering that into the ground. They did one with that was uh, Ken's Instagram too. That was okay, but like Barbie one was good. Yeah, like I I think what I like about this is, and I mean, who knows for next season? But like this show doesn't go back to any of its characters or like sketches and it's like this needs a sequel like it absolutely does not uh when you find like a good sketch premise and it like turns out good like that can just be it but uh if you're snl you're trying to like i don't know make a franchise out of the barbie uh instagram people yeah like i liked recurring characters on like kids in the hall in the state but it's almost never worked for snl Mm -mm. if they do a fourth uh john mulaney musical sketch i think i'm out on that yeah yeah i think i think the last one was enough for me Mm -hmm. yeah 
yeah the, the, those were all pretty good the yeah david burns showing up at the end was funny mm-hmm. but uh yeah, there's a uh, there like I I I keep I I rewatch the ham and bubbly sketch probably like once a month <laughs> at least. Oh, it's so good. It's 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 so funny. It's it makes me like that song because I just think of him being like, "Help, I'm trapped." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I was at a party. John Ham approached me. I could tell <laughs> he was pretty drunk. <laughs> He said, do you like money? Got an idea for that'll make like that'll make a fortune. And then uh, he's like, I thought he was joking. So I laughed. Then his eyes went black and he slapped my face. Yeah. And uh, related uh, with John Hamm doing comedic work, I've been uh, continuing to throw in 30 Rock in the background. Uh, Nice. Yeah. I, I Have you all seen the news that they r- removed all their episodes that involved blackface from streaming? <laughs> of course. I'm yeah. not surprised. Uh, Which maybe. I forgot that they had episodes with blackface. Um, I did t- Was it a Jenna thing? Th- there was one where um, Jenna and Tracy uh, Jenna does blackface and Tracy does whiteface. Because uh, they're arguing over who has it easier. Um and like they're there it's clearly like a, a bit about how stupid these celebrities are but also i'm not going to defend 30 rock it's like there's so much like shit in that that could be considered problematic and uh, is oh yeah like i saw somebody talking about 30 rock like recently on twitter that they were just like it's still shocking how many people think that like liz lemon is the hero Oh, yeah. Like, in the first season, she's like, oh, I'm not racist. I voted for Barack Obama. And they just, like, spend she the rest of the episode talking about how she's racist. liberal woman archetype. She yeah. just continually gets it fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was... It's really weird how, like... I, I feel like I've seen in recent years Tina Fey, like, really push back against, like, people criticizing her for, like, doing stuff that's like kind of like racist or whatever or like I mean it, okay. it, like yeah. she does a lot of semi-racist stuff that's like not great yeah um, I don't think she's the worst of the worst but like I do think that a lot of people especially in comedy think that like anytime they get a slap on the wrist it means that like they are justified and the other people are wrong and yeah. they go too far in the wrong direction yeah yeah but yeah it, it, it's it's weird that she's pushed back against that though because like in like the first season of 30 rock or yeah in the first season season of this they like talk about how liz lemon is like a racist white liberal um who thinks she's good because she voted for obama and then like kimmy schmidt came out and people were like hey some parts of this really like are weird and tina fey was like fuck you it's a joke Oh my god. It's like the whole Geisha episode with Titus was so unnecessary. Yeah. Um yeah. I I th- I can't remember what season I stopped watching after, but I did I did catch that one and it's like this is something that you decided to do, I guess. Yeah, like I it didn't look good to me at all when it came out, and then I had a handful of friends that were like, watch it, watch it, and it was like, fine. 
it still takes me a while to like get into every season I've ever watched. It takes like a few episodes to start giving a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like Titus. Yeah, it it is like yeah. Thirty Rock in that all the characters are cartoons, but it just starts off with that and like. I like Carol Kane as the landlady is fun, and Titus is a mess and and entertaining because yeah. I really. Every so often, Pinot Noir will get stuck in my head. <laughs> that is a fun song, Pinot Noir. It's so beautifully dumb. My dad was watching yeah. the news like a few months back, and they said something about Myanmar, and I went, "Midsize car," because it's <laughs> just a, it's a song of rhymes. Yeah, that just rhymes Pinot Noir. Yeah, it is so fucking stupid, but it's very catchy. Yeah, um, there are there are some good bits in it. It's just overall. Also, John Hamm is in that as well as a crazy old cult leader. Yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. John Hamm is a really good comedic actor. <laughs> um, in the oh, courtroom is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I saw recently that there's like a new Kimmy Schmidt interactive thing up that I'm probably never gonna even <clears throat> attempt to watch. Um, but uh, oh uh, uh it, oh the the other blackface from um Thirty Rock was John Hamm twice. Um, oh no! Because they they uh <laughs> one, one of their live episodes they brought they like did it live for the East Coast and then live again for the West Coast, and uh it was like they were like cutting back to like old timey like forties NBC shows and one of them was like an actual black guy uh like who had to be in a show with John Hamm in blackface, um, just like saying the word. <laughs> like terrible like doing just like you know like old racist like minstrel like i remember that now stuff yeah so i don't know i i once again i can't really recommend 30 rock but if you like want to throw something on in the background it's it's fun it's got a lot of good bits uh oh one, one of my favorite episodes is uh essentially it becomes a parody of amadeus where um Tracy Tracy Jordan is Amadeus, uh, and he's working on his uh, opus, which is a, a pornographic video game. Um, I love the porn game. Yeah, and and uh, the writer Frank is his Salieri. This is unrelated, but have you ever seen American Splendor? Um, uh, Harvey Pekar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah the the movie. Um... Judah Friedlander, Frank, mm-hmm. is like his nerdy best friend. And I was like, fuck, I can act. He's <laughs> so good in this. Yeah. Like, 30 Rock, it, it has episodes that didn't age well, but like that ensemble is hard to beat. Like yeah. so many good people pop up in that. Yeah. Ghostface Killer shows up a couple times. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, like it, it definitely has its moments as a show. I would definitely. Like, I mean, I am going back to watch it. So, like, it has it has it has it has merit in its ways. Um, uh, finally, for me, I did watch uh, something you recommended a couple weeks ago, Brooke. I watched the harder they the harder they come. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, it's it's pretty neat. Like, I definitely I don't know. It's not what I expected. Mm-hmm. It's just very cool. It, it touches on a lot of interesting stuff, and the music rocks. Yeah, 
yeah it's it's really good he like the the main character he's like being exploited by this record label because um they're the only game in town and so he has to like turn to selling drugs uh yeah it's 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 really interesting was it jimmy cliff is the main character or the main actor yep he plays ivanhoe that's right yeah yeah it is just like he didn't really act before so they're just like yeah you make some music why don't you be in this he's like okay Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I liked it, though. Exploded the scene, like, mm-hmm. fully so. It's just very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a good movie. It was, um, it was really interesting uh, just to, like, watch this, like, sort of, like, the, just this reggae film. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, yep, that is all I've got this week. I just watched some TV, and I watched The Heart of They Come. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that I had watched because I already talked for so fucking long last week. Um, so I'll try to like speed through some things because not everything deserves like a ton of chit chat. I finally watched Gunga Din just because it was on TCM and it was leaving that, that night. And I was like, ah, fuck, I'll do it. Um, which is like an it's a movie from 1939. It has had like an amazing like reputation forever. It's one of those movies like, you know, that you always hear referenced among classic cinema that I just hadn't watched yet. Um, mm-hmm. It's fine. Uh, it's basically very pro-colonialism, which made it hard to enjoy. Um, I don't know. It's a tricky thing. As much as I love old Hollywood, they'll touch on a lot of topics that are hard for me to like, Sometimes you can reason with it because it's the time. Mm-hmm. Or it's not super blatant. This whole thing is just very pro-colonialism. You uh, cut out. Yeah, we lost you for uh, probably a good, like, 10, 15 seconds there. Oh, no. Um, yeah, but I was just going to say that, like, a lot of older films, like a lot of old Hollywood, I like those movies a lot. But for the most part, like, understand that, you know, okay, this isn't going to be the most progressive towards women not going to be the most progressive towards non-white people mm-hmm. like it is straight up like kind of inappropriate um it's just like three british buddies that are all uh soldiers in um in india mm-hmm. and that part like them together is good because it's like carrie grant and douglas fairbanks jr they're like really funny and like really good action sequences like there's like a whole dynamite fight in the beginning that's really fucking fun like, there are parts of it that are worthwhile, and it's basically like a slapstick comedy that's set within colonialism. That you know, so it, it has its moments, but yeah, it's it's a little weird, especially because Gunga Din is just supposed to be this Indian dude that is very much a white guy in brown face. Um, mm-hmm. just really wants to be a soldier too. He helps them. And is like, yeah, I'll go help you steal all this gold from a cult that wants to kill white people. Oof. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's, I understand why it's a classic. There's some really good writing. There's some really good comedy. Some of the action sequences are amazing. But yeah, it was, it was a hard one to like reason with. There was too much shittiness. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, then after that I followed it up with something that was much more pleasant that I'd never even heard of uh, The Devil and Miss Jones 
is a movie from 1941 and i only watched it because um it's a gene arthur movie with charles coburn i love them both and i love them together they're fantastic in the movie uh the more the merrier which uh is one of my favorites um this is all of it's basically an undercover boss movie from 41 um charles coburn is an asshole like millionaire who owns a department store that these people start being like, yeah, fuck the man. Like they're not paying us enough. They don't have good working conditions. They like burn an effigy of this guy outside the store. Cause no one knows what he looks like. So he's like, yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm going to work there and find out who's, you know, against me. Mm-hmm. No. So then he meets um, the lovely Miss Jones, who is the adorable Jean Arthur. And then, like, she's dating the guy who's, like, basically starting to unionize the workers. So it's a very pro-union movie. Uh, It's kind of fucking cool. And moderately progressive. Like, it gets a lot of stuff right. Um, Cuddle Sakal is in it as the the lovely, affable butler of uh, Coburn. And that's adorable. Um, Yeah, it is... It's all around very charming. That was a nice surprise because it is just like <coughs> anti-capitalist, very pro-labor, um, and Jean Arthur's adorable. So that was that was a nice little surprise of a movie. Hell yeah! After that, I watched As on a Summer's Day, which I had never heard of. It is basically Monterey Pop for the Newport Jazz Festival in '58. And it's made by um, Bert Stern, who is a photographer. Like, I knew him as a photographer forever. I didn't know he made a movie. This is his only film. So it's shot like a fashion photographer of the 50s. Like, it's gorgeous. Um, And it is, like, there's no interviews. There's no talking heads. There's none of that. It's just strictly concert footage and audience footage. Like, spliced together. And it's fucking gorgeous. And the music is gorgeous. It's like... Yeah, I had the most pleasant time watching this, and it is less than an hour and a half. Um, that does yeah. look amazing. It is. The other thing is, so I watched this. Um, so TCM's been doing like jazz movies all month long, and some, you know, are some of the jazz films that like I've seen clips of and are not particularly interesting to me. But I hadn't heard of this, so I was like, you know what, I want to watch it. It's a summer night. It's hot. My window's open. I want to listen to jazz. And it was just a complete fucking delight. And the version they have, I guess there was a new restoration because it is beautiful. Um, it looks so good. And there's like some really good music in it too. Like you have Thelonious Monk, you have Chuck Berry, Anita O'Day, Dinah Washington, Louis Armstrong, like some really good folks in it. Um, yeah, highly recommend. It was It was beautiful. Hell yeah. I'm going to put that on my watch list right now. Yeah, that's a- yeah I, I definitely suggest it. It was it was so nice. I like I almost watched it back to back because I'm like, I want to see so-and-so again. Like, <laughs> It's mostly performances, but then twice they do uh, practices within the town. And like oh, you yeah. see like a lot of like Newport footage, like a lot of like beach and boats and things like that. This one is this guy who's just playing, I believe he's playing Mozart on his uh, his cello. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous. And then it just does all this footage of people just like in town walking around and like a little girl and her brother playing in their yard. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is so good. Um, 
<laughs> I rewatched Hellraiser, which is always a good time. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that was one of those ones that, uh, yeah, somebody brought it over and was like, yeah, I'll watch Hellraiser. Um, but then after that, I watched another Gene Arthur movie that deserves a little more talking about. It is... <laughs> I didn't know Gene Arthur made so many, like, I'm in love with a uh, an activist kind of movies. So her high school sweetheart, Cary Grant, a.k.a. Leopold Dilg, failed um, <laughs> for arson that he most likely didn't commit. Um, but he's a political activist that hates the local, like, mill owner who, you know, mistreats his workers. So Ooh. when the mill burns down, the mill owner's like, oh, it was definitely Leopold. Um, he breaks out of jail, runs to Jean's house, and she's just like, well, what am I supposed to do with you? I have a tenant coming to rent this house tonight. So she hides him in the attic, and the tenant is, of course, a prestigious law professor. Professor Lightcap. Um... And everybody has ridiculous names, and I love it. Um, but the three of them end up in the house together. So it's like a cranky law professor, um, Cary Grant pretending to be a gardener, and Jean Arthur basically forcing herself in the house so she can keep an eye on Cary Grant. And, like, the three of them get along so well and start liking each other so much that I'm like, they're all in love with each other all like not just their love in love with Jean Arthur they are all in love with each other like it is like a hint of it at first but like by the end there's no denying that all three of them love each other it is super kind of cool um I also love that the tagline is screen comedy so gay drama so thrilling <laughs> oh, so exciting I'm <laughs> just like yeah yeah they're all in love with each other by the end, it's clear that they both love Gene Arthur. But then the guys like each other so much that they're like, you should pick him. He's so great. I don't want him to get hurt. <laughs> um, they're like, I want you to, but like, I don't want him to get hurt. You should you should go with him. He's a better man. Um, it is just fucking adorable. And so like the lawyer doesn't know that he's this, you know, fugitive until near the end. And then he has to be like, well, ethically. In law, I have to, you know, give you to the authorities and then you'll see your day in court. But I'll make sure that you see your day in court fairly because, you know, I think that it should legally, ethically be this way. Whereas, like, Cary Grant is a philosopher, so he's like, well, I think the morals on this situation are different. So they just sit and have these discussions with each other and then have deep respect for each other's opinions. He's like, oh, well, of course you're going to run. You know, you look at this morale, like, through morals i look at this through ethics and the you know the law sense and it's just yeah i don't know it is just delightful how much they like and respect each other i highly recommend it to literally anybody i had so much fun with this movie and then when i went to log it on letterboxd it was literally every other review was they're in love with each other <laughs> so it is not just me um so if you want to see Cary Grant and Gene Arthur in a thruple with a, a charming law professor, I highly recommend Talk of the Town. Um, watched The Impatient Years after that, which is another Gene Arthur movie. Not so great. Um, it's just about like war brides that get married like within they like meet a, a soldier and they're like, I'm in love with you. And then they get married in like two days time. And then the person goes to war and then comes back and is like, oh, shit, I've got like a kid. Mm hmm. 
and like a wife I don't know. So in theory, it could be good, but it's it's not very good. Um, finished Disco Godfather, which is amazing, and everybody should watch it. Oh Rudy my Ray god! Is I'm a treat. We didn't watch it that one night when we started it. That's how I felt about it when Cameron put that and shot on. I was like, I would finish both of these. Um. Yeah, Disco Godfather gets progressively more unusual as the film goes on. Like the beginning is amazing, yeah. but then a lot. Yeah, the beginning is amazing, but then it takes some really weird turns because you don't realize that. Like I forgot they don't really reference it that disco godfather was a cop and then just becomes a celebrity dj <laughs> so he's just like he shows back up at his old precinct and he's just like gotta find out about this pcp and he's just like do what you gotta do uh disco godfather <laughs> um it's yeah it gets kind of additionally goofy but oh. it is amazing to cut you off, I did remember something else I watched. Speaking of cops, I saw the newest uh, Eric Andre comedy special. What was that? It was fine. I've seen like varying degrees of like ratings for it, but I normally like Eric Andre. I see, I normally do too, but it was so average. Like, if you like Eric Andre a lot, yeah, you're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. But it was not on par with the TV show. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know his stand-up as much as him just like doing things. Yeah, I've only ever seen a few clips of his stand-up, uh, and some of it seems fun. Like, I think there's one where he literally runs out of a out of a theater to go talk to people on the street. Um, but that was for a TV show, so right. No, it's it's fine. I mean, the the first half is not as good as the second, for sure. Um, it's like a little over an hour. It's, if you want a comedy special, we'll watch it. You've seen Richard Pryor before, probably. It's just some of that. Just like, right. Sex and drugs should be legal. I was high on acid and saw a hologram, but I was too high to remember it. Stuff like that. All right. But, eh. yeah, that's good. Hard cut, but I don't know why I remembered that from Disco Godfather. (laughs) You're very good. Yeah, no, I've been, I'm trying to speed through all of these, so it's probably good. It was welcome break. Mm -hmm. Um, And also good to know, because I was contemplating watching it. But yeah, so many of the stand-up specials I've watched lately have been kind of just so-so. I'll be honest, I would not recommend it unless you really need to watch a comedy special. Yeah, good to know. Because I was seeing a lot of like real low ratings, and I'm like, maybe he's more of like a TV guy and not a stand-up guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Um, after Disco Godfather, I did watch Dark Star. Oh, cool. Okay. We don't have to get heavy into it because we talked about it before, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, that alien is ridiculous. Um, oh, oh yeah I, I don't think we even talked about it last time i don't yeah. think we did he's a beach ball yeah he's it's, just a beach ball with feet yeah it's it's a it's a black <laughs> beach ball with like hilarious like monster feet um, and i love that they really utilize the feet because it is literally just a beach ball so mm-hmm. there's not much they can do above yeah but it's it's able to get fucking everywhere um <laughs> he's he's a real uh rascal 
Yeah. It, 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 the computer's like pin back. You said that the ship needed a mascot. You're the one that wanted to bring the alien aboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I I I love the the talking technology to them. Uh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, it's like like how long is the detour where he's like trying to like hunt down the alien because it escapes its like place. I mean, that elevator scene alone was pretty long, but it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was like, good. I was like, wow, this is this is a whole section of the film. Yeah, it's like it's a long part of the movie where he's just chasing <laughs> down this alien, like, like through the, through the movie, and then yeah, into the elevator shaft. Um, and then you hear like the the popping. It is just basically a balloon. Yeah, yeah. When it when it gets like popped, it's like yeah, it just like sounds like a balloon like losing all its air. It's really funny. Just. I'm, I'm a big fan of subtitles when I'm watching things at home, just because it's helpful yeah. and I have neighbors. Um, but like, when it pops, it just says balloon popping. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, even you acknowledge. Yeah. Uh, and then the ending was really fucking good. Oh yeah, yeah, with the like the the uh, surfboard kind of thing, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole ending was was a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, I can't believe that was like that started as a student film of John Carpenter's. That's you know, I mean, like it's a little rough around the edges, but like in general, pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was I was really glad I watched it, and like definitely very funny. All the guys in it were good. I like that they have like, all right, here's your recreation music time, and they just like jam in their little control room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was... The seventies music and the. Mm-hmm in the control room and then they've got like the recreation room where they like just go and start smoking immediately basically yeah like they they read comic books or have like pranks things like it's just it's it's good mm-hmm. yeah it's very yeah. it's very like 70s sci-fi it's a lot of fun for sure mm-hmm. it's definitely worth watching i i had a good time with it like i said that ending was fantastic yeah so I followed that up with a film that somebody else here has seen and told me to watch. Dear Connor, are you still there? Lost you there. Yeah, yeah you cut out for you cut out right after you. saying someone told you to watch. Someone told me to watch Ma. Killing me. Ma. Oh shit. <laughs> hey, oh, the yeah. the Octavia yeah. Butler. Here we movie. go. Oh my god. So I went in with such low expectations, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. And I was like... That's correct. You should do that. And But the thing is, it's a straight-up fucking modern genre movie. Yes, it is. Like, how did they make a successful genre movie? <laughs> I'm so impressed. Like, I, it kept getting weirder. It kept hitting all the notes I wanted it to. Um... Like, Octavia Spencer fucking commits so hard. Uh, all the adults in it are really good. Like, Missy Pyle, Luke Evans, Juliette Lewis are all, like, yeah, very yeah. good casting. Um, yeah. It is so fucking weird. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in years. Oh, my God. So, because, like, Octavia Spencer is just having so much fun. 
I kept thinking, like, is this a downgrade? Are they throwing her this stuff? But you're like, no. Like, she gets to have fun in this. She's just, like, going apeshit in this movie, and she's allowed. It's it's fucking incredible. Yeah. It's, it's what you guess from the trailer, that it's, like, you know, in many ways, it's just, like, this older woman buys some booze for some kids, kind of on a whim. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's much deeper than that. And it gets real dark. Oh yeah, um, it, it, like I said, it you could have just it made me think the whole time like this is completely outside of like some cell phone shit, completely a movie that could have been made like thirty forty years ago. Um, yes, and would have been just as like garish and ridiculous and cool. But, like I, it made me want to be like, hey, how many like weird B movie scripts didn't get made then that we could just make now? Because this worked. Like, I, I yeah. want to see more things like this. It's extreme, and like, I don't know, I was talking about this with somebody recently, where like, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of like, for purpose, on purpose bad movies that are made now. Mm-hmm. A lot of the shitty sci-fi movies don't work for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a Sharknado gal. Yeah, a lot of them are just like, bad. Just bad. Like, there's not enough merit. Like, you know, you can have shitty effects. You can have bad acting. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that so much. I'm way more forgiving for that in like 70s and 80s mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, especially when you can tell like the people who are working on it were having like fun with it and like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely and it's like you know it's also like those aesthetics work better for me and just a lot of it is just easier for me to like joy even when it's bad mm-hmm. like when we were watching like the al abramson movies i was just like these are not like super coherent or like well put together but i'm having a very good time with it yeah yeah and like yeah the whole 70s i'm, like... I'm so mad i missed out on the al abramson shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, the adams feature was really fucking fun um want to see more of his stuff but it turns out we probably watched two of the most coherent of his works apparently Oh yeah, yeah. Like I saw well, a lot of they, people. They just like... put out a. We will never know what they just put out. Yeah, yeah. just put Missed out. It. I I I keep losing everybody's audio and it's freaking me out. <clears throat> anyway, they 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 just put out a like thirty-two movie box set of all of his shit, completely new restorations. Mm-hmm. That if I had two hundred dollars lying around, I would absolutely have my hands on. And Jeez. but yeah, no, he he makes garbage. <laughs> like he definitely found plenty of things to enjoy in said garbage. But it is one of those things of like if I saw a modern version of those movies come out now, I don't know if it would work as well for me. Yeah. Um, especially because then you have some studio that's decided to make something shitty. Like, if it was just a bunch of people and they, like, got together and made, like, a weird random horror movie, that's different. And that's not what you see on, like, sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think there there will be midnight screenings of Ma within the next decade. Oh, there should be. Yeah, because this is one of the few times I... I was gonna say, what, of the other times I've seen this work in modern times was Jennifer's Body. Which also okay, yeah, yeah. Came out, but that's like, another good example, yeah. And like, yeah, because I 
didn't give that the time of day when it came out. I thought it was going to be stupid. And then I watched it like two years ago and I was so fucking surprised. Yeah. Like I did the same thing. I saw it for the first time last year because I did. I thought it was just, you know, a shitty like one of those like horror date movies that come out once a year or six times a fucking year. Yeah. It, 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 like all the marketing for it really made it seem like that's what it was going to be. Um, but it's good. Well, you had Megan Fox at like her peak Megan Foxness, and you were like, okay, so it's one of those movies. Yeah, yeah, it was her and like Amanda Seyfried, and you're like, well, okay, I, 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 I know what this is gonna be, but like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's but, so like, much more. It's so yes. much more. Karen the dialogue is fucking hilarious. There's weird, hilar- like weird delivery that I thoroughly enjoy. Like, it has no problem being silly. While also being kind of gross. And mm-hmm. I like that. Um, like, Ma's the same. There's definitely some gross shit, and you're like, oh, oh, no. Um, yeah, I saw the preview where someone's lips were sewn shut. Yep. Uh, probably, that might be the grossest it gets. Like, wait, also the shit with Luke Evans is so fun. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was in my room and I went, yes! And then I went, oh, wait, yes! <laughs> like, I was... <laughs> should have watched that with people. Oh my god. Yeah, this is a, a great movie, I think, for, like, a good group of friends that are like, alright, we're gonna drink and watch something weird. Like, I had the best time doing that with um Splice, which is, I think, for the sci-fi version of this kind of shit, where you're like, I can't believe they made this, but I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, watched that with a group of friends in the dorms and i was like this is this is so much fun this is terrible thank god this exists please fuck <laughs> the alien the whole time we just kept going you're gonna fuck the alien right he's gotta good news um <laughs> it's just it is so much fun yeah so i hope more movies like this get made ma was a lovely surprise I honestly might go back and rate it higher. Like, it was just really fucking good. How is they going to do the same thing? It's it, I, I went from being like, this is insane, but crazy, to it might have just been straight up good. I think it's good. It's a genre movie. And it did yep. that. Like, it succeeded so I will say, so my, only, well. my only knock on it is the underutilization of Alice and Janney. I agree. Oh, they're She's really good at Jenny. it. Yeah, she's the fucking boss, and she's just like, God, you suck at your job. Quit trying to stalk people. I need you she's to, playing like, the ult- She's playing, like, the ultimate Alice and Danny character, which is just a a huge dick. Hmm. And super unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you have a migraine, yes. go take some of the horse tranquilizer. Get on with it. <laughs> God. Oh, God, it's so good. I think what gave, why I gave it slightly less of a rating than I was going to was just that the ending wasn't enough like i want a little bit more yeah uh yeah like, i'm kind of with you there like give me what happens next or give me something more like boom but like otherwise very sure. good um yeah i i am so glad that exists good for you octavia spencer oscar winner and weird kent graduation speaker oh yeah i forgot about that yeah. <laughs> It's great she because also produced I... this movie. Ooh, she knew it was gonna be good. Um, yeah, and and this was based in Ohio, wasn't it? Yeah, that's hot. I was I was very pleased with that. I I highly recommend Ma. 
I followed that up with a film that I had heard decent things about. I go went in fairly blind. Baxter from 1989 it is a French film about a dog named Baxter. He is a, a bull terrier. Um, a lot of the like half the film is from his like narration, like from his thought perspective, and um, he's kind of an asshole. Like he was in this shitty pound, and he just is like, I want to find my human. And he just keeps getting placed with, like, the wrong family for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets, like, this, like, gentle old woman, and he's like, this bitch is so annoying. She won't stop petting me. <laughs> she's very, like, she smells bad. I don't like her. She's not active enough. Like, Baxter's a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, Baxter hopes that the old woman will die so he can live with the neighbors across the street who he thinks are will be better for him because they're a young couple and they fuck a lot. And he thinks that would be good for him. Um, the environment he wants to be in. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, well, every night they go in the bed together and I think that they seem like they're active and I, I want to be with them. Um, and he likes them for a while. He ends up with them. He likes them. And then they end up having a baby. So he's like, well, they don't like me the best anymore. So fuck them. I don't want to live with them. I want somebody who's right for me. And as... I guess John Waters said this, but I thought it the whole time, and then I saw this afterwards. Apparently, John Waters called this an SM movie about a dog. <laughs> and it is. Because Baxter finds his human. It's a little boy who's like a little fucking Nazi. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, this little kid starts getting really into, like, Adolf Hitler. Um, like, to the point where he builds a fucking bunker for himself in the local dump. Um, and he meets this, like, little girl in town, they have a crush on each other, and he's just like, yeah, you're, uh, you look like Ava Braun, you're really pretty, is, like, a line he says to her. Um, like, it's just so fucking ridiculous, because Baxter loves this boy. Mm -hmm. Um, like, it is purely, like, an S&M relationship, where he's just like, I love that he tells me what to do. Nothing feels better. (laughs) And, like, at one point, the kid does something Baxter doesn't like. Like, he's not violent enough. So mm-hmm. Baxter's like, I'll kill a dog for him to show him that I'm I'm powerful. He does. And he's like, good boy. And he's like, now I've earned the boy's respect again. I'm so happy. It's just fucking weird. Like, it is... I recommend it if you're looking for something strange to watch. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it's not the world's best movie, but the whole, like... Nazi shit at the end gets really odd and kind of funny because this little girl is has such a crush on this little boy that she does not give a shit that he's basically baby Hitler like he pretty much he starts calling this little girl like Ava after they start dating Mm -hmm. um and she'll like ask him like when they hang out like you know oh what was Hitler like or oh you know are they like with their dogs like just weird shit and it is it's interesting um there's definitely some some rough scenes but all in all i'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad i watched it i had a good time with it um less than an hour and a half so not too shabby and uh yeah it is just it is basically an snm dog movie with a neo-nazi child yeah. well, if that doesn't grip you i don't know what will so if that sounds interesting to you you might like it <laughs> um 
then I went a very different direction after that and watched uh, Wajda, which is a Saudi film from 2012. And if I'm not mistaken, it was like a very big film because it was the first film that was filmed within um, Saudi Arabia's borders. And it's also the first Saudi film made by a woman. Wow. And it is all about this little girl, Wajda, who is adorable. I love her so much. She's so fucking cute. Um, She's just really fun and interesting. She just really wants a bike so she can race her best friend on his bike. And girls aren't really supposed to have a bike, so she just does literally everything she can to make the money to get herself a bike. Um, mm-hmm. It's great because she befriends like the guy that runs the toy shop, the only person in town who sells children's bikes. She's just like, okay, well, made you a mixtape now that we're friends, so you better reserve that bike for me. <laughs> it's just really fucking cute. Um, she tries to enter, like, she pretends to start getting into religion so she can win uh, whoever, like, knows the Quran the best contest gets a thousand dollars, basically, which is more than enough to cover the $800 bike. Mm-hmm. She's just like, okay, I'm gonna start getting into the Quran right now. And <laughs> it is just, uh, it's very charming. It's a simple movie. I think some people, it's like a very nice, simple story, but it's really good. And she's fantastic in it. It, impressively touches on a lot of the issues with women in Saudi culture. Like, the whole time her mom is fretting that her husband is gonna get a second wife because she can't have more children. Mm. Like, her mom is gorgeous and young, and her parents are generally happy together, but her dad is just like, well, it's old school. I need a son. So, like, the whole time you're seeing them do modern things. Like, they're playing video games at home, they're watching TV, they're having fun, they're riding bikes. But, like, at the same time, it also feels very strange to see, you know, these, like, interesting people go through problems that seem so crazy. Yeah, her mom has to... Like, there's a whole segment where her mom loses her job because their driver quits and women can't drive at that point. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, this is made in 2012. It's taking place in 2012. Her mom literally had to lose her job because she cannot drive herself to work. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that it's, you know, the first Saudi female directed film is so fucking cool. And yeah, very nice one. It's one that I've been wanting to watch for years and I'm glad I finally got to. Yeah, that definitely sounds interesting. Like, I mean, for first film like to be shot entirely within Saudi border borders is sounds sounds like something worth checking out in the first place. But that I, that's really interesting that that film like explores those sort of issues. Uh, I was kind of surprised they got away with it, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just yeah, in general, very good. Um. She also, the, the director, uh, is it Hafa Al-Mansar? I'm totally fucking that up, I'm sure. But um, it looks like she didn't make anything for a long time, and then she made the 2017 Mary Shelley movie, which I have my issues with. But since she made it, maybe I'll give it a shot. It's just that Elle Fanning shouldn't be Mary Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> she can't act. At least not old-timey. Oh, yeah, Elle Fanning. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a, that's, a, like, that's kind of a weird choice. She sounds like a two thousands California girl, no matter what. Yeah. So Isn't Mary it... Shelley's fucking coolest. So like, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of pissed about that casting when that movie came out, but maybe I'll give it a because she did a very nice job. Cool. But yeah. So in general, that was kind of my my whole spree of watching things. All right. Um, yeah, that was a good spree. Um, Quite a spree. Alright. Shall we uh, move on to next week's Rex? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I guess. Alright. Anybody got any uh, any off the top? Yeah, I'm going to say it mostly to piss Connor off. Uh, Let's do Cowboy Bebop. (laughs) Awesome. It worked. Do you know about Bebop, Connor? He isn't like anime. I, That's I mean, I'll be okay. I think. I think you'll like Cowboy Bebop. If you like any anime, you might like Cowboy Bebop. I mean, I watched Cowboy Samurai Shampoo, which is the same guy, so I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. No, Cowboy Bebop isn't. It's ja- it's it's clearly Japanese, but it's not anime bullshit. It's just good television. I don't know. It is generally like one of the least like anime trope animes, like for sure. So I think I might be the least well versed in anime then if you watched uh Connor. Yeah, I mean I dabbled, but you know, I'm not. I would not call myself a, a fan of the <clears throat> of the genre. Right. I'm always I, on it. It's weird. It's like modern country. It's just like it viscerally makes me not into it. Yeah. Now, see, the problem for me, the problem for me is is that it's anime. The hmm. problem is weebs. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's a big problem, but it's also like I just. Even if the content was never touched by people I found annoying, I'm not sure that it, it would be something I would gravitate towards naturally by any means. Yeah, it, I, that's that. I'm, I'm with you there. Apart from like the, the 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 little experience I have, I have to constantly be telling myself like, just ignore how anime it is. Because, like, I'll I'll give some more stuff a shot. Like, whatever one we were just talking about that had the really good uh, King of the Hill version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Evangelion is, is good. Yeah. I, I, but it's also because it's it's also because it's not quite as anime as some other anime. Yeah, I, right. that, that I, I think yeah, I think it'll be good with uh, Cowboy Bebop then. It's like, it's got, like, Western vibes. It's got kind of, like, neo-noir, uh, like, stuff going on. Um, it, yeah, it's a nice blend of your old Western, your cyberpunk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even if you just watch the first episode, uh, the first episode is really good. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's very much a Western. Uh, I think my favorite part about that show is how many of those episodes are just standalone and are pretty good by themselves. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good standalone in that series. Um, yeah, all right. Cowboy Bebop. 
Oh. Anyone else got anything off top? Uh, I'll go. I got one. It's 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 more vague than a specific wreck, but it's the only thing that feels right today. Uh, watch something associated with Carl Reiner. Yeah. You you owe it to yourself. Carl. Yes, dearly departed Carl Reiner. Legitimately, the saddest ninety-eight-year-old death in recent memory. Like I know, I know he was really fucking old, but like that makes me sad. Still, I love him. Exactly, it's a bummer. Yeah, he. But he just shows up. You know, watch, watch the jerk. Watch the fucking oceans movies. That that was gonna be my wreck. (laughs) Yeah, those are so good. He is fun in the oceans movies. Well, now we can't do another. I guess he's in the new Toy Story. I still haven't seen that. I've seen the newest. I haven't yeah. either, but he apparently plays a character named Carl Reiner Oceris. Oh my god! Oh, I love so, it so much! That's powerful. <laughs> I want to rename like any dinosaur toy I have now. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, Carl Reiner was in Slums of Beverly Hills, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Alan Arkin's brother. Very good casting. Yeah. My. Um. All right. Uh, what a bummer. Yeah, that's that's uh, my that's my broad rack this week. Um, I was gonna go the Carl route, but also Google reminded me with today's doodle is Marsha P. Johnson, and we are in our last day of Pride Month. Um. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna touch on the fact that you should probably watch that other Marsha P. Johnson movie, Happy Birthday, Marsha, the one that's actually made by Rena Gossett, who got fucked over by the Netflix movie. Um, yeah, so support Rena Gossett and Marsha P. Johnson, and, you know, maybe watch some, some gay shit today and the rest of the days. Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, pro that. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Um... Yeah. Ooh, okay, I got one. If you want to double dip on supporting a dearly departed film legend and watching some gay shit, watch some Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah. Very true. Mm. That's right. Poor Joel. I, I love that he was just like, I banged a lot of people on Joel. Yeah, I, I, yeah he's 50, like... 50,000 or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, I think like 50,000 dudes. And I believe him. I do, too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. watch lost boys and batman and robin batman and robin isn't a good movie but i love that movie because i loved how garish it was and i loved poison ivy in in hindsight i i like it's it's just so campy and like weird like yeah uma thurman is uh fucking poison ivy uh in that yeah, there. watch uh phantom of the opera <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what Saint Elmo's fire? Uh, uh, which um... falling down is a good time. <laughs> uh, God damn, he did make a lot of good shit. Yeah. He made so many things. Yeah. Watch his greatest oh. writing credit, The Wiz. Oh really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All really bold movies too. Fucking mm. phone books I forgot about. Yeah. Um, Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> the number 23. Oh, oh DC Cat. 
That's funny. Uh, the Lost you, Boys. Uh, anybody ever seen a Flawless? No. No. A 1999 Joel Schumacher movie where Robert De Niro oh my god this um, description broke and loses his voice so he takes lessons from Philip Seymour Hoffman who is a vocal instructor and very gay and is trying to go through gender reassignment surgery huh. it is incredible and like it's one of those movies like I could spend a whole day talking about films of the 90s because there was a huge surge and a lot of them are tone deaf because they don't know what they're doing yet oh yeah there's so many in the 90s that uh people are just putting in gay characters it's tricky because some of them they mean well they really do Mm -hmm. trying to be nice movies but they're so often written by straight people that it's just like oh you were so close yet so far away or like (laughs) be less gay panic please yeah um like yeah like it gets close but not quite and flawless is one that is clearly robert de niro is sort of confused about very gay philip seymour hoffman um but then they become friends so i guess that's okay all right yeah i'll check it out yeah Um, that's that's a nice weird one you could just watch the whiz (laughs) Uh, all right um i am this week i think i'm gonna go with an album again um it is uh by saul williams it is uh i can't say the full title uh but uh it's the inevitable rise and liberation by saul williams it's a it's good. It's like uh like two it's a 2008 uh hour and 11 minute uh like alternative rap album. Uh nice. Connor and Miles, you like like JPEG Mafia and I I I don't know uh how all of you feel about Death Grips, but it's like I'm a it, fan. It, it, yeah. Um, it, it um it de- it definitely like sort of like it 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 ha- hits a lot of those like moments. It has like kind of similar beats and like industrial um like production to it, which I learned is because Trent Reznor uh produced the album. Um, oh damn! Yeah, it, it's 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 a good one. Uh, it, it you'll you're you'll listen to it and then you'll find out that uh. I think on this tour he toured with uh, uh what was uh, Amanda Palmer's band the Dresden Dolls. Oh yeah. Uh and it's insane to me that that was a tour that happened together uh based on Saul Williams's music. Uh cuz I assume that the Dresden Dolls uh attract a very different crowd. But um Oh yeah. Well, it's funny because I was obsessed with the list of demands when it came out. That's such a good fucking song. Um, I totally knew who Saul Williams was because the Hives talked about how much they liked list of demands and really? Saul Williams. Yeah, I, I, I was know. like, oh, cool. That's cool. I I, I knew list of demands was like in a commercial like after it came out. Like, yeah, like they they did a really good cover of list of demands. It's just like a little bit of it, but it's it's really fun. 
That's tight. I love the hives. Uh, mm-hmm. They're kind of hives. Yeah. It's hell. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been uh, Content Nausea. Uh, yeah. Hey. Thank you for listening. Uh, like some yeah. reason you keep listening, but thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you. Shout out to our number one fan, Reed. Oh, That's hell right. yeah. We're talking thank about you, nice. Reed. Awesome. Well, it's been a, it's been a good time. Um, this one's going to be a little bit long, I think, but <laughs> oh no, we had catching up to do. It's it's fine. Yeah, we'll this one's for the real up. fans, you know. Yeah, yeah we'll be uh, the real fans, the real nauseous boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week with um, uh, three of us and the Holy Ghost of Connor. Goodbye. Bye.